Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most, because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D. Today, I'll be covering the disappearance of mother and daughter Kimberly Witten and Haley Colwell in Alabama. Let's get right to it. Kimberly Witten was a 28-year-old single mom looking for love. It was just her and her then three-year-old daughter, Haley. And while she was happy being a mom, she got lonely from time to time. She wanted a family. So she was flipping through one of those buy-sell-trade magazines and happened upon the personal section and found an ad that caught her eye. That eye-catching ad? Well, according to WAFF48, it was placed by friends of Barry Van Witten. You see, Barry's first wife had died about a year prior and his friends thought it was about time he move on, so they placed the ad for him. And remember, it's 1999, and while it might sound a little crazy now, dating apps and sites weren't widely popular back then, even though they did exist. Match.com was the first major dating site to register a domain and that happened in 95. But personal ads in magazines or newspapers? Those babies have been around since the 1690s, according to Timeline.com. Seriously, guys, I looked it up. I had to know. So the story goes, Kimberly reaches out to Barry, and the connection is pretty instant, according to family and friends. WAFF48 spoke to Kim's sister, Sherry, and she recalls that they just hit it off. They got along really well, and that Haley really liked him. It seems everything is going swimmingly, and four to six months after meeting, Kim and Barry get married in beautiful Gatlinburg, Tennessee. According to Tuscaloosa News, The family settles into a remote cabin just outside of Section, Alabama. The 40-acre property is not only home to the family, but also a little mini farm where the Wittens raise goats, milk cows, and bulls. Section, Alabama is a small, rugged little town with a population of 720, according to World Population Review. 720. To say it's small is a bit of an understatement, but it's a cozy little town perched atop Sand Mountain. The countryside is beautiful. Weatherington Park offers breathtaking views of the Tennessee River. Section is an idyllic little town to raise a family in, and perhaps the perfect place if you're looking for peace and quiet and not the bright lights in Big City. The people of Section are hard workers, and Kimberly and Barry are no different. The years tick on and everything seems fine. Kim gets a job as an LPN at Cloverdale Manor Nursing Home in Scottsboro, that she loves only missing one day in seven years. According to locals, Barry operates a sawmill out on the 40-acre property. Little Haley grows up surrounded by the little mini farm, a life seemingly perfect, until it isn't. Fast forward to 2007. Kim and Barry Witten have been married nearly eight years. Little Haley is 11 and has grown up to be a preteen with rosy cheeks, thick blonde hair, and beautiful brown eyes. On June 21, 2007, according to the Charlie Project, Kimberly Witten went to her job at Cloverdale Manor Nursing Home to pick up some papers. On her way back home, she called a friend, but they had a horrible connection, so Kimberly got off the phone and promised to call her friend back in five minutes. 
she would never make that call. In fact, no one would ever hear from Kimberly Witten or Haley Colwell ever again. An entire week goes by and Kimberly never shows up for her shifts at the nursing home. She never calls up her friends or makes contact with her family. And nobody's heard from 11-year-old Haley either. So on June 28, 2007, Kimberly's co-workers report her missing. Note, her husband of eight years doesn't report his wife or his stepdaughter missing. No, no, it's Kimberly's co-workers. Police respond and begin to ask questions. When was the last time Barry seen his wife? Where was Haley? Why is her truck still sitting on the 40-acre property that they shared? What the hell was going on? And Barry Witten's story? Well, I'll let you decide. Barry tells police that he hasn't seen his wife since June 21st. According to AL.com, Witten tells police that his wife of eight years just up and left and took Haley with her. He goes on further to say that she was headed to Montana and that he had given her $20,000. And she and Haley had carried their belongings down their long, winding driveway and rode away in a white van driven by someone he did not get a chance to see. Wait, what? A super responsible nurse who was extremely close with her family and friends and dedicated to her job just up and leaves and tells no one? Why would she go to Montana? Montana's kind of a random place, don't you think? And he just had $20,000 laying around somewhere and willingly handed it over to his wife so she could take off across the country and start a new life without him. Hmm, makes perfect sense. And who's this mysterious person in the white van that nobody's ever heard of? If you're not buying it, then you're on the right track because the police weren't either. So much so that on July 12, 2007, according to the Tuscaloosa News, about 75 state, federal, and local law enforcement officials swarmed the 40-acre property owned by the Wittens. Barry Van Witten was arrested and charged, not by local police, but by the FBI for possession of firearms by a convicted felon. Turns out Witten served some prison time back in 1988 and 1991 for felony receiving stolen property. Thus, he was a convicted felon. A two-day search of the property is kicked off that same day that included everything from cadaver dogs to helicopters. Law enforcement even drained a pond on the property. But there is no sign of Kimberly or Haley, and the FBI spokesperson won't comment on any potential evidence being discovered. Barry's 12-year-old son with his first wife was at the home when the search took place, and he was placed into state custody. The Decatur Daily News reports it is revealed that during a bond hearing on the gun charges, an FBI agent testified that blood evidence was found in one of Barry Witten's trucks on the property and also on the handle of a hatchet. Barry Van Witten is officially named a suspect in the disappearance of his wife and stepdaughter. A missing mother and daughter in Section Alabama is big news, and in such a small town, word gets around fast. Missing posters are plastered all over town. The community is on high alert. Nothing bad ever happens here. This community is so close-knit. Everybody knows everybody. Where are Kimberly and Haley? Surely someone knows something. The Decatur Daily News interviews local residents about the Witten family. A clerk at a local grocery store just several miles down from the Witten home, which the family frequented pretty often, describes Haley as a sweet little girl. 
and she says Kim was nice but didn't have a whole lot to say. Other residents are interviewed and describe Barry Van Witten as a quiet man who wore dark overalls, a dark hat, and had a long beard. He looked kind of Amish, but mostly kept to himself. That grocery store clerk goes on to say that Barry was always polite, but people wondered about him because of the other one. The other one? Yes, the other one. You see, Barry's first wife didn't suffer some horrible disease or die in a tragic accident. Nope, she was murdered. And residents and law enforcement officials had long suspected that Barry was responsible from the very beginning. He was officially named a suspect not long after his first wife's body was found, years earlier. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Barry's first wife, Michelle Townsend Witten, was a beautiful 28-year-old mother of an almost two-year-old son. She had long, flowing dark hair and a gorgeous smile. She was very close with her family, especially her mother, and had many friends. On December 7, 1997, just a few weeks before Christmas, Michelle Witten just up and vanished. Her family and friends were instantly concerned because this just wasn't like her. According to WHNT News 19, Barry Witten had told investigators that Michelle went out to get breakfast at a local fast food restaurant, and after she didn't come back for a few hours, he went looking for her. He drove down to Scottsboro and then went back to their home. She still wasn't there, so he states he drove to Rainsville and then went to Michelle's mother's home. Barry reported that Michelle had left the house wearing a pink sweatshirt. He also made some crazy statements to Michelle's mother about Michelle doing drugs, which she had absolutely zero history of. He would later take these statements back. A police report was filed and law enforcement officials and members of the community began to search for Michelle. On December 14, 1997, Michelle Witten's car, a 1990 Toyota Camry, is found in DeKalb County on County Road 85 near Stamp Church. When Michelle's car is located in DeKalb, the keys are still in the ignition. Her purse and a pistol were also found in the front seat. That leads law enforcement to believe that Michelle probably didn't leave willingly, since her wallet and identification are inside the purse and there had been no activity on her bank account. It also makes it seem less likely that robbery would have been a motive, since things of value were left in the car. According to WAFF48, another interesting discovery is made where Michelle's car is found. There is a local man's wallet found really close by to Michelle's car. And while that has police amped up and this man named as a person of interest in Michelle's disappearance, the local man is cooperative and tells police he had lost his wallet just a couple weeks prior. Police process Michelle's car and find only one usable fingerprint on the car's seatbelt buckle and it didn't match this man. It is discovered that his father owns the property where Michelle's car was found and they were known to work in that area. Police spoke with his family and friends, and it was a well-known fact that he had a propensity for losing things. I feel you, dude. They also searched his home and find nothing relating to Michelle Witten, and they can make no connection between the two. He is quickly cleared. Holy shit, guys. Can you imagine your wallet being found next to the car of a local missing woman? Yikes. The search for Michelle continues, and her family and friends grow more frantic by the day especially when Christmas comes and goes with no sign of Michelle. Remember, Michelle was the mother of a toddler. She wouldn't just miss Christmas with him. And then on January 20th, 1998, Michelle's son's second birthday, 
Her body is discovered in a shallow grave. According to the Times Journal, Witten's body was found almost 20 miles from where her car was found. When a property owner off County Road 48 was hiking on his property, he made the discovery and contacted police. It is later revealed through testimony that Barry Witten knew this property owner and this land very well. According to the property owner, Michelle was partially buried, feet first, in a four-foot hole, surrounded by rocks and trees and roots, and was covered with rocks from the waist up. And this wasn't an easy location to get to. Investigators had to travel on a muddy road, cross an open field, and weave through a maze of steep embankments and deep woods. The pink sweatshirt Michelle had last been seen wearing was with her body. It seems whoever placed Michelle's body there was hoping she'd never be discovered. And as you know, although police, Michelle's family, and the community have strong suspicions that Barry Van Witten is responsible for Michelle's death, he is not charged with anything relating to her disappearance or subsequent murder, and he's just out there, free as a bird. A year after Michelle's murder, he meets Kimberly, and well, you know how that story goes. After eight years of marriage, Kim and her daughter Haley are missing. And old Barry's officially been named a suspect in both of their disappearances. He's sitting in jail on that gun charge, and police are still frantically searching for Kimberly and Haley. According to Tuscaloosa News, in the summer of 2008, which is roughly a year after the mother and daughter duo go missing, Witten is convicted on those felony gun charges and sentenced to 10 years. And during those sentencing proceedings, we get a glimpse into the psyche of Barry Van Witten, and it's terrifying. Authorities reveal that in secret jailhouse recordings, Witten talked about ways to skin and mutilate people and their animals, how to remove hands from arms, how to smash a skull and scatter the parts along the interstate, and how to feed human body parts to pigs. Even more disturbing, in an article in Decatur Daily, it's also revealed that according to a psychological report written in 1988, Witten made statements to mental health examiners that he was, quote, like a wolf, and I take what I want, and went on to say that when people do something to me, I feel like I got to get them back. Witten also disclosed to those mental health examiners that he had killed a neighbor's dog and hung its skin on the neighbor's doorknob. I think what disturbs me the most is that prior to this revelation, Barry is just described as a normal, nice guy, kind of quiet, but apparently a lot of signs were missed, or maybe he's just that good at hiding it. Dismemberment, torturing the neighbor's animals, I'm definitely getting some Dahmer vibes here. U.S. District Judge Sharon Blackburn sentenced Witten to the max, 10 years saying, quote, she'd never seen anyone who was more of a potential danger to the community. Understatement of the year? The district attorney had high hopes that with Barry locked up, witnesses might be more comfortable coming forward. Barry and his first wife Michelle's now 12-year-old son is sent to live at a state home where authorities hoped he would open up and be able to describe anything he may have seen or heard in relation to Kimberly and Haley's disappearance. But according to the Tuscaloosa News, the boy remained quiet for months and was eventually allowed to move in with relatives, who declined to comment on whether or not the boy witnessed anything. It seems Barry's going to get away with it. He'll do his little 10 years on that gun charge and be released. But not so fast, because the Alabama Attorney General Luther Strange is having none of that. On January 20th, 2015, 
Barry Van Witten is extradited back to Jackson County from the West Virginia prison where he was serving that 10-year prison sentence and booked into the Jackson County Jail. And according to the Times Journal, a day later, Attorney General Strange makes the official announcement that Barry has been indicted for the murder of Michelle Townsend Witten and his office will be prosecuting the case. An indictment handed down by a Jackson County grand jury just weeks prior, charging Barry Van Witten with intentionally killing Michelle Witten by striking her in the head and causing blunt force trauma. Finally, the trial begins on September 9, 2015, 18 years after Michelle's death. And what we learn is compelling. According to WHNT News 19, it is revealed on the day Michelle goes missing, Barry Witten had left a note that read, quote, Hi, sweetheart. We got worried you broke down. So we went out looking for you. Love, Barry. And he signed his toddler's name to the note as well. Ending it, P.S. We left at 11.03. Who the hell leaves a note with a timestamp on the day their wife and stepdaughter go missing? That's not weird, right? One of Michelle's best friends, Rebecca White, is called to the stand and testified that she saw Michelle the week prior to her being reported missing and was at her house on the Wednesday before. She said it seemed like something was wrong. Michelle was normally the kind of person who was always happy, but she could tell there was just something wrong. She goes on further to say that Michelle had actually came by her house the Friday before she went missing, saying she had something really important to tell her, but she left because Rebecca was sick. That was the last time she ever seen her friend Michelle Witten. She also testified to the fact that she kept Michelle and Barry's two-year-old son while Barry was at work after Michelle went missing, and that his interaction with his son was, quote, a little strange. He never mentioned Michelle, and he didn't act concerned. And finally, that when she visited the Witten home, no carpet was cut up or missing. That's going to be important in about 2.5 seconds. Another friend of Michelle's testified that two weeks prior to her disappearance, she was visibly upset, stating that she was scared and wanted to leave her husband but had nowhere to go. A forensic scientist then takes a stand and pictures of the Witten home are shown, in which visible pieces of carpet are cut out in the master bedroom. He testified that an area within the cutout pieces tested positive for human blood. And not only is there human blood, it's in a drag pattern, as if someone was drug across that carpet. Towels at the crime scene wrapping Michelle's body are matched to towels found inside the Witten home. The medical examiner testified about the injuries Michelle sustained, saying there were at least two blunt force wounds on the back of her head that required a great amount of force, and those wounds are what he believed caused her death. According to WHTN News 19, Barry Van Witten remains emotionless throughout the proceedings until his mother is called to the witness stand, and she doesn't even recognize her own son at first. His appearance has changed drastically. His once long beard is now gone, and his long hair has been cut short. Honestly, I don't know if I'd recognize him either. The difference in his appearance is insane. When asked by the state again to point him out, Laverne Witten says she doesn't know him anymore because he doesn't look like her son. And for the first time, Barry Witten shows emotion. Barry's mother confirms Michelle's best friend's testimony about the carpet in the master bedroom, saying it was cut out neatly after Michelle was reported missing, but before she was found. She also testified that Barry Witten would often say, I got by again whenever proceedings at the courthouse would take place. Barry's father, Dennis Witten, testified that his son had given him a shotgun after Michelle's disappearance. 
It is believed to be the object that Barry Van Witten beat his wife, Michelle, to death with. But the bombshell comes when David Young is called to the stand. Young knew Barry Witten in 2007, as the pair had served time in prison together. Young testified that Witten had confessed to him what he had done in several conversations about Michelle. According to Young, Witten had told him that he and Michelle had gotten into an argument around 9 p.m. when they were getting ready for bed. The reason for the argument? Michelle was leaving Witten. It became heated and Michelle threw a lamp or a phone at him, at which point he came around the bed and beat her, dragged her to the bathroom, beat her some more, and after she died, he cleaned her up, wrapped her in a towel, cleaned up the bedroom and the bathroom, and took her to a wooded area on a hillside and disposed of her body. Witten told Young he knew the property owner and the property well. He also told Young that he was, quote, a genius, and he could get away with anything. The defense pretty much goes back to that local man whose wallet was found, who had been completely cleared by investigators early on, and it was proven he had no connection to Michelle Witten or anyone in her family. On September 24, 2015, Gary Van Witten is found guilty of the murder of his first wife, Michelle, after the jury deliberates for just two hours. But before the sentencing phase can even begin, the very next day, on September 25, 2015, Witten is indicted on five more charges, two counts of intimidating a witness, two counts of criminal coercion, and one count of promoting prison contraband. According to court documents obtained by WAFF 48, Witten attempted to influence the testimonies of his own parents, Denise and Laverne Witten. Officials say Barry made threats towards both of them. Turns out Barry sent his parents a letter threatening them if they revealed things about his childhood and urged them to get doctor's excuses not to testify. He also threatened to ruin his parents' reputation in the community. Really, dude? Threatening your own mama? It also states in these documents that Witten had wood shavings and a pencil lead as an incendiary device. Looks like he was planning to start a little bonfire right there in the prison, along with hard plastic items with the edges manipulated to a sharpened state, or in layman's terms, he had a shank, and a 42-inch rope from a laundry bag as a choking weapon, thus the contraband charges. I mean, can you be a decent human long enough to make it through a trial? Apparently not. At the time of this recording, it seems there is no resolution on these five charges, but when there is, I'll let you know. According to AL.com, on October 15, 2015, in a Jackson County courtroom, justice finally prevailed 18 years after the murder of the beautiful Michelle Townsend Witten when Judge John Graham sentenced Barry Van Witten to life in prison. Alabama Attorney General Luther Strange was present during the sentencing. He spoke afterwards stating that Witten's sentence will allow for parole at some point down the road, but went on to say, quote, but I think it's highly unlikely that he will ever be out of prison. Um, I would sure hope not for everyone's safety. Even with Michelle's family finally, after 18 years getting justice, Kimberly and Haley Witten are still missing. And while authorities were hopeful that with this conviction, a witness might come forward with information that could lead them to Haley and Michelle, it doesn't seem like that has happened yet, and there has been no recent movement that I could find on their case. They are still missing, the case remains open, and Barry Van Witten remains the prime suspect. Three beautiful women, one still a child, 
all ripped away from their families at the hands of the same man. No, not a man, a monster. And while justice was served in one case, the fact remains that two entire families are destroyed by Barry Van Witten's actions, and no amount of justice will ever make up for that fact. Kimberly and Haley Witten deserve to be found no matter how many years have passed. If they are no longer alive, then at the very least, their family deserves closure and they deserve a proper resting place. Barry Van Witten deserves to rot in a jail cell for the rest of his life for what he has done to his victims and their families. He is a danger to society and he is exactly where he needs to be. The only better spot I can think of is six feet under. The investigation into Haley and Kimberly's disappearance remains open. Anyone with information should contact the Jackson County Sheriff's Department at 256-574-2610. Haley was 11 years old, 5 foot 2, 110 pounds, with blonde hair and brown eyes at the time of her disappearance in June of 2007. An age progress photograph was released in 2020 that shows what it is believed Haley would look like at the age of 24. I'll link that to my Facebook page and my Instagram. Kimberly Compton Witten was 36 years old when she went missing. She is 5'9", 270 pounds, with brown hair and brown eyes. This family deserves answers. Do the right thing. Shout out to WHNT News 19 who covered this case, but especially the trial of Barry Van Witten extensively. Next Thursday, I'll be bringing you a brand new case. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow me on Facebook at least of these or on my Instagram at least underscore of these. I'll be posting some more information on this case. So be sure to check it out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other.